In this episode of No Blueprint, we sit with Leona and Luis Rodriguez to discuss how they turned their love for coffee and community into one of Seattle's most iconic coffee shops and wine bars. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe and share. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshiko. We sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories, insight, and gems. Their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative, how it shapes who you are and what your legacy will be. You're listening to No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. You are listening to No Blueprint. Luis, <laughs> Luis Rodriguez is a Mexican man born in Baja, California, Mexico. Uh, came to Seattle in 1991 at the age of, uh, what, 12, 13 years old. My brother brought me to Seattle. I've been in love with Seattle ever since. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm the owner, me and my wife, or obviously, I'm the owner of the Station Coffee Shop. Nice. I want to say straight up, we are the number one POC. For those who don't, don't know what POC stands for, it's People of Color Establishment in Seattle. Oh. You know? And uh, we uh, created a uh, coffee shop for us, yeah. by us, for us, you know? Fubu. Yeah. Fubu. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so. And uh, why coffee? A lot of people. We'll get there. We'll get there, we'll right? Get there. We'll, get we'll get there. there. We'll, we'll get there. there. We'll Sad. get there. We'll Who are you? Yes. Yes. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I am Leona Moore Rodriguez, the co-owner of the Station Coffee Shop, with this handsome man that I married a long Shit. time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm from here. I am a true. Washingtonian. I was born in Kennewick, Washington Yee. in 1977. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I, I, I was born there. I'm not going to lie. But my mom moved us back here permanently when I was eight, and I've been here ever since, except for a short stint in uh, Mexico with this one. She actually grew up in this area. Yep. When, uh, this, this, area, CD, when this area was black. Not the central <laughs> district. <laughs> I mean. It's the CD. I hate yeah. saying Central District. I never called it that until it got gentrified. It's yeah. the CD. Thank you. Uh, so the CD, Columbia City, and then Beacon Hill became my home when I was 18 when I moved out. Yep. Okay. Point of reference. I've heard people say Central District. I've heard people say CD. I've heard people say Central Area. It depends how black you are. Okay, got it. Done. Done. <laughs> so, it, it, black, it really CD. is a central, central district. Area? It is yeah. a central yeah. district. I never heard central area, but I know yeah. it's a central yeah. district. I've always known that, but I've never, no one I know has ever called it that. So it just, it just irks me a little bit. I know it's just a dumb little pet peeve, but yeah. I, it just. What do you call it? It's the CD. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Done. Excuse done. me. I didn't mean to get all. No. Sorry, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but I mean. It's the CD, and this, people come and change it to the Central District, and it just annoys me a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I want to know what your parents did. Oh. Foundation. Yes. Foundation. For me, yes. foundation. Uh, oh, I and, and, I'm like, no, 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 I know. The, so the show is about us, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yes. So foundation was mine, right? And, and, and let's not forget that not everybody has that. Yeah. Not every family has a foundation. Not every family has an actual like a, a good story, right. you know, of right. their past. Uh, in my case, I can tell you that I that fortunate and lucky me, I had a strong foundation with mm. two amazing, beautiful Mexican 
parents, you know? Uh, they both were with me and I was with them till my father passed away in 2009. My mother was a home mother. You know, she she raised us, she, she was like, once upon a time there used to be that thing that there was a mom that stays at home and didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays, both parents have to work, you know? Right, right. In Mexico, my father was the provider, you know, the money provider, uh, even though she was the, 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 the rock of the house, right? Uh, my father was a uh, engineer electrician. So he worked for the government as an electrician and opened his own business after he retired for electrical engineer, became his own business owner and his first employee was my older brother nice. he he did all these electrical stuff wow. for the you wow. know houses and stuff so we all know a little electric you know ele electric work because of him nice. uh, i'm probably the less knowledgeable when it came to that because i was the youngest one mm -hmm. you know but everybody knows some including the women in, in my family we learned all how to cook he was also a great cook, but we all learned how to cook because of my mother. Yeah. So we all know a little culinary, you know? Yeah, so that's my parents. My parents are awesome Mexican people. Yes. How many siblings? Shh, don't. We're Mexican. <laughs> okay. And we're, we're Mexican and we're Catholic. So, you know, like 110. Okay, got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Easy. But in reality, nine of us. Nice. He's yeah. the wow. baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Baby. Wow. Yeah. Nice. What about your son? My parents. My mom is here, my father's in the Tri-Cities, uh, still. So my father's side, they live there, and then my mother's side's all here in Seattle. Some spread out, you know, somewhere in California, but for the most part, they're here. My mom was a jack of all trades, you know, she worked everywhere. She um, <clears throat> unfortunately had a bad drug addiction my whole life, but she's been clean for about 13 years now, it'll be 13 years yes. in February. Hey, Frenzy, um, we love you. Yes, and um, she went back to school and got her degree. Just oh, amazing. Wow. Yes. Um, she's kind of amazing. She's. Um, I admire her a lot because she just was like, I'm done. I'm done with this shit. Yeah. Can I swear? Yep. Okay. No, you're, you're um, fine. You're, you're good. Because I, yeah. I have yeah. no filter sometimes, but she, <laughs> she was just done with it, just living like that. And she raised my two older brothers and my older sister by herself. My stepdad came to the picture when I was about 13, but I mean, she was still the, yeah. she was the queen of the household. Yeah. I mean, you know, he did whatever she said, so. Yeah. And my father was a truck driver. He's a retired truck driver. I would visit him in the summertime mm -hmm. until I got older and I didn't want to leave, leave Seattle and go back to the yeah. cities ever. Yeah. Why would you? Because right. I can't stand that place. It's just not a place to raise your family. I don't think personally, even That's though right. some people have great lives there, but I have um, <clears throat> more siblings as well from mm -hmm. um, my father's side that I, you know, I don't say half or step or anything like that, but mm. I have a total of probably, I think there's, there might be 10 of us total. What are you guys, Mexican? I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am. I can say that. I can say technically, that. <laughs> I'm technically the youngest from my mom's side, but I'm like right there in the middle from my dad's side. Mm. You know. Growing up, did you know any entrepreneurs or have any entrepreneurs in your life? <laughs> Who, I mean, I guess your dad. Yeah. 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 No, I grew up. I actually grew up in a household full of entrepreneurs. My father being the first one that I know. 
My sister, Maribel, which her real, her actual name is Aide. We call her Maribel. I don't know where that Maribel comes from. She opened her um, Fonda, what they call Fonda Taqueria, when, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. Wow. So we grew up in, in, in the food industry. Mm-hmm. So we all also opened our own, you know, and I've been in the, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 something years. We opened a, Java Love, yeah. which became Baja Bistro. But yeah, we're surrounded by by entrepreneurs. Not only in the family, but friends and people that, that I know. I, yeah. A lot of hustlers. It's a lot of hustlers. <laughs> Very seriously, yeah. he grew up around a lot of hustlers, you know. Yeah. Business was serious with everybody. What was your first business? Java Love was, uh, the, it was the actual first business. Okay. My brother and I opened Java Love, which, like I say now, is Baja Bistro. Yep. Um, shout out to Baja Bistro. Shout out to Baja Bistro. Corner. Still it's hungry, yeah. So it's staple. Yes. You know, in Beacon Hill, uh, the number one and the only gay bar in in you know in 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 Beacon Hill. Yeah. We opened that in 1994. Wow. I was 17 years old. 16, wow. 17 years old. Yeah. I was a child. Me and my brother opened the place because. When I came to Seattle in 1991, mm. 91, 92, we used to live in Capitol Hill. Mm. And we, I mean, I've been drinking coffee since I was like five years old because my father mm. used to give us like, literally like this much coffee, this much cream. And, <laughs> and, and, and he used to be like, you know, coffee. And I loved coffee from the beginning. Yeah. How old were you when you would do this? Five years old. Wow. Yeah. That explains, yeah. that explains yes. all of the energy. No, that <laughs> Yeah. It all makes sense now. Yeah, it all makes sense. I get it. I don't know where he. I don't and, uh, know. So we, we used to be in Capitol Hill getting coffee, right? Uh, my brother and I drink coffee every morning. We wake up, we go to, you know, we go. And I'm like, I came to Seattle in 91, 92. I was 13 years old. And I'm drinking coffee, lattes. But see, at, at, in Mexico, we used to drink what we call cafe con leche or cafe mexicano. Mexican coffee, which is pretty much coffee, like brew coffee with cream and stuff. Mm. And then I came to Seattle and that's where I learned about the mochas, the lattes, the cappuccinos and all this stuff. When we moved to, fast forward, we moved to Beacon Hill in 94 and we couldn't find a coffee shop at all. Mm. So there was no coffee shop. So we were working around Beacon Hill like the first week that we moved in there, we couldn't find a coffee shop. Mm. And then one day we were walking on Beacon Avenue and my brother goes, there's the coffee shop. And I'm like, where? It goes right there. And I'm looking through the through the window mm. of Java Love. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's no coffee shop. I'm 16 years old probably at that time. Mm. He goes, don't you see it? I go, no, I don't see it. He goes, our coffee shop. Mm. Let's open that coffee shop that we always wanted. And I'm like, what? I'm a kid. I'm mm. like, no way. But he, so with money that he had, money that, that my parents sent me, we collect the money. We opened the coffee shop in 1994 with like literally like four or five thousand dollars. Wow. You know? Like wow. machine, everything. And and it was Jabalo was such a yard sale 90s coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Like that, that I know that you guys probably were born in 2001, but <laughs> but but coffee shops were like in 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 Seattle were like that. You know like we had like tables, those mm. coffee tables. We had like all these tables, the maybe ten. And something. there was there were tables made with windows, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 bricks. Yeah, you know. So it was very nineties, very like Seattle nineties, like, like you know, 
made with earthy, earthy and stuff. <laughs> and it was that it was a beautiful coffee shop. Nice. Mm -hmm. And became Java Love became Baja Bistro because we're from Baja California yeah. and we start selling wow. food and you know and, and evolve. Then the bar yeah. opened. But in Mexico, we uh, when we moved to Mexico in 2001, yeah. her and I, we opened our own. <laughs> we opened a fish taco truck. Fish nice. taco truck. Nice. Tell us more about that. In 2001, Luis and Leona packed their bags and moved to Mexico to get away from the societal xenophobia sparked by 9-11. After successfully running a fish taco truck for a few years, they gave the business to her sister and moved back to Seattle with their newborn, Mauricio. Um, yeah, we, okay. we both ended up working. We, you got your old job, yeah. but <clears throat> I ended up working at uh, Baja Bistro for a while, and so you'd work in the day. Yeah. And I'd be at home, and then at night, you'd take Switch, over at Mauricio, yeah. and I'd go yeah. work. Baja Bistro It was very smooth, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was very smooth. Yeah. yeah. And what lessons did you bring from owning the business in the taco truck, or excuse me, fish taco truck in Mexico back to Baja Bistro? For me, it was grinding, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I was in another level. I mean, getting up at four or five in the morning mm -hmm. was like, yo, I can do this shit. Like, I can do this. Like, not a lot of people. And I, remember, I was a kid. You know, like, I was 26 years old, 27 at the most. You have to want to do it. That's yeah. And I had a family now. So I feel like right. a grown man. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, I, I have a kid. I have a wife. I had a business in Mexico. Let's do this. You know, I, I got this. I got this. Man, we opened. Well, I mean, when we came, I went to my old job, which is a, uh, it's called Merlino Foods. Mm -hmm. And they loved me there, man. I was nice. a, a truck driver there. Nice. And they loved me because I was like, hustle, 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 hustle. Nice. And they, they used to give me bonuses because I was like, I was like, you know, getting it. And... About energy from that conference. <laughs> <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> I've been prepping since I was five. I know, man. So I was like, I got this. Non-stop. So, so moving around and being fast and doing all this stuff, I can probably tell you that within two years, not even, of being back, yeah. we bought our our home. Wow. It wasn't even two years. It was less than that. Mauricio okay. was like, what? It was. It really was less than two years. Yes. Yeah. Maybe nine, ten months. Oh, wow. I really less than wow. a year. It was less fast. than a year of coming back to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I have a family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need a home. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know. So yeah. we bought a house, and I was like, I made it into our home. Mm -hmm. yeah. I worked in that house. Man, I bust my butt in that house, yes. man. How did the station become the station? Have you not met this man? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I think okay, I think if I was the one who opened the station by myself, it would be like that because I'm a super quiet person. But Luis is so good with like just getting in your face and getting in your business. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like he's like, he has I'll a lot of questions and he just wants to get to know you're coming to my place. Who are you? Right. Why are you here? I know you want coffee, but what else is going on with you? Right. I know you should probably answer this question, but I just, no, no, no. It's Please. just, um, it's, it's exciting for me to talk yeah. about yeah. because he opened the station. He's running this place by himself at first mm -hmm. and people are coming in. He's just talking it up. Talking about how you know how he's used to be in business at Bahabi Store as well, mm. and people in the neighborhood already know him. Yeah. But there's also people that he doesn't know, right. you know, right. also. And then there's just word of mouth, and then getting to know the different people who come in. Right. And there's I don't know any other coffee shop. Actually, I do. I'm lying. But before, I didn't know 
another coffee shop owned by a Mexican immigrant. Right. Coffee? Right. No. Right. He's just really, really good. Just yeah. jibber jabbing and getting things out oh, of you. Stop it. Keep going. Oh He's blushing. He's blushing. <laughs> but I think that's the reason why the station is the station is what it is. Absolutely. And after how many months was it when you had the block party, the very first one? Cause, well, because yeah. that's what like set it, it off. Well, okay. we started. Remember, the first day we had a DJ. Oh, that's right. Malik. Sean Malik. That's right. DJ that's Sean Malik. Malik. That's Malik. That's uh, Zither's that. brother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sean Malik was my first Shout out to DJ. That's Malik. Yes. Malik. That's my boy right there. Yes. Uh, Sean Malik was the grand opening. Wow. Yeah, the grand opening we had. Uh, I've been surrounded by DJs and friends, right? Mm. My first yeah. employee, I actually stole him from Java Love. Yeah. Bobby Strong. <laughs> WD4D, Whalen. a.k.a. Whalen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, my first employee, a white cat. Yeah. Knowledgeable as fuck when it comes to coffee. Mm-hmm. So I, my first employee besides me was a white employee yeah. by choice yeah. because I knew that I had this cat is 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 woke, right? right. But we, you know, he's not he's not an ally. You know, he's mm-hmm. a, he, he's an accomplice, right? Mm-hmm. right? So he's is. I knew what I was doing with him because I wanted to bring somebody that could deliver the message, like my view, like my perspective, what I had in mind, and be like, okay, now talk to your white friends, pass the message. Yeah. And he was, he was like, he man, brought a lot of people in. He brought a lot of yeah. people too, you know, and, and he's surrounded by so many folks in, mm-hmm. the, in this industry, in the music industry. That's how the whole thing, Malik, Sean Malik was a friend of mine through Baja Bistro mm-hmm. yeah. when I was bartender and everything in there. We talked about music. We talked. About, so he was my first DJ at the very, very first day, the grand opening wow. out there that doing his thing. Yeah. And that was the very first. And I liked the feel of music and coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is 2010. <laughs> and then we were like, we should do this more like a barbecue style street, uh, like a block party yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had the grand opening. We had probably about a hundred people there. Wow. Yeah. And we were like, man, I like. And everybody was like, man, I like this music. This yeah. like the vibe is. We opened in June, May or June of 2010. Oh yeah, it was mm-hmm. May, and then in June you did have a, a, a actual block party. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Within, within like a month of being wow. open, we were that like. That was the first block party. Okay. That was a block party. But 2010. Didn't, didn't Auto Gang perform the first block party? I believe so. I think Mike knows. We that. have had so many parties, man. <laughs> yeah. That that people. Uh, but the first one was so little, but it was still a lot of people. Man, there. we have had like some like big big timers in our place. Yes. Big timers from like the you know. Like in the beginning, yeah, and then you see them now, and you're like, "What?" You know, speak on it, right. yeah, speak on like, it. like they're like you have them at your place. I'm like, "Yeah," right. you know, <laughs> the kids, like, the kids, <laughs> yeah, the kids want you to introduce them to Macklemore. I know they're like, you know Macklemore, then I'm like, "Well, I mean, I know, I know him through everybody. He's not my friend, but he's like, <laughs> You know, but it's a, you know, it's a cool cat. Like every, you yeah. know, it's a small little, it's, yeah. it's a small little place. You but know, he small... filmed the video in there. Huh? Did he film the video in there? He, I, I, I mean, sure. You know, <laughs> That's dope. but uh, but to my POC uh, POC uh, uh, artists like 
Gabriel Tidros. Yep. Like Shout that's Gabriel. Gabriel. We love you, man. He has gave us so much love. Yes. Yes. He has yes. literally has recorded maybe three videos in there. Wow. So through through all of them from the beginning, you know, yeah. they they help uh, the block party, you know, and and Matt, you know, Matt speculations yeah. is his like he's actually. So the station became like the block parties were like small little block parties yeah. till he took over, yeah. and then he became like this this block party thing became like this huge thing. Yeah, like because of speculation, so it's big huge. Now. Yeah, it's huge. I remember yeah, one of the earlier ones, and it was. Only the people from the neighborhood knew, really, yeah. which I was okay with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went last year. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. this is so different from when I went just a few years ago. Hey, everybody! This is Philip Dang from No Blueprint, Season One, Episode Six. Just wanted to tell you that my nonprofit, Market Share, is launching a campaign today, Wednesday, May second, called One Hundred Thousand Founders. We're raising $100,000 from 100,000 people donating $1 each as co-founders of King Street Market. This is the first time anybody's crowdfunded a public market. So we need you to go to our website, marketshareseattle.org, to be able to contribute $1 to our Kickstarter campaign and become a founder. It's that simple. Today, May 2nd, we've got 30 days until the campaign ends and we need 100,000 people to pledge as co-founders. So check it out and enjoy No Blueprint. So you recently moved into a new space. I mean, recently as in last two years? It'll be a year in February. Oh, a year, okay. Oh, so cut, we can say that's yeah. recent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the transition from the, new, the old space to the new space, you talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the sales have like triple. Wow. Yeah, oh, wow. From wow. what what the uh, other one used to be. Yeah. I love the old station, you know, uh, and not because the sentiment of like having that that the place. It was just such a beautiful, cozy yeah. coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it reminded me of like the old Seattle coffee shops, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But without the the yard sale furniture and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like computers we we actually iPhone. did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it nice and cool. But it felt it felt cozy and welcome and and all. I mean, I mean, the place himself was beautiful. We made all the the, the coffee shop being cool as hell, right? Mm -hmm. But but the the actual space was amazing, yeah. which we still have it right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We turn it into a wine bar now, mm -hmm. the wine station. Yes. But the new place. Is a monster, man. Mm -hmm. The the new spot is just you know we we me and and, and uh, an employee of mine who was my architect or who you know who the architect her and I sit down and went to many coffee shops, many coffee shops and we like searched. researched and mm -hmm. did took ideas from different places. Yeah. But we wanted to do the old station. To bring into the new place yeah. like that look because the old station is is very woody that's even a word right like mm -hmm. wood you know to make it feel warm and mm -hmm. you know and through the research of different places we brought the the new station with the feel of the old station mm -hmm. you know and i didn't know that it was going to be possible and i didn't know that it was going to be that fancy yeah but but it's fancy because we're we're bad and bougie 
you know? Hey, that's it. Hey, so we brought the <laughs> old station film, but like three times as big. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any parting words? <laughs> yes. Well, for me, it was uh, so what I wanted to say earlier was pretty much that uh, as a Mexican male, as a, as a, as a, as a brown person, yeah. I opened a coffee shop because coffee belongs to us. Because coffee is, and when I mean us, I mean us, POC. You know, a coffee was created thousands of years ago in, in Ethiopia, right? Mm -hmm. It was founded, discovered by Ethiopian folks, and was, and it's something that only, uh, you can only cult, cult, is it cultivate? Cultivate? Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, the only, you know, in the equator line, mm -hmm. right? right? And it's by brown folks mm -hmm. and what happened here i mean coffee is the definition appropriation because you will think that coffee is only white people's mm -hmm. thing when in reality it's like no this is black this and brown is, this is brown as this is ours. Yeah. yeah that's why i opened a coffee shop the love of coffee and the fact that i'm trying to bring back what belongs to us i think that's a yoga of liquids Oh my gosh, yes. Like yo it's like man really yoga, like yoga is, of is, an, is an a spiritual thing, right? It's so religion. Oh my gosh. But, but who true. owns these yoga places? Mostly white folks. Yes. And who does yoga? Right. White folks. Right. 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 And right. they make it so expensive and so mm -hmm. like, you know? Like yeah. what the f are we talking yeah. about? Same with same with wine. Mm -hmm. Wine, you go to, to these 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 great places, they're all Latinos and brown working in these, you know? Right. Right, but right. the owners are all white. Yes. Like what? Yeah. Yes. What are you talking about? Like yeah. this is ours. So, and not only that, when you go to a wine bar, they don't even make you feel welcome. Right. right. Mm -hmm. They look at you like, oh, these people don't know what they want. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's us. It's ours. Absolutely. So I, so I wanted to create a, you know, now that I created a coffee shop, there, now that we created a coffee shop that belongs to us, is welcome for our people. We hire our people. Mm. Now, how can we do that with wine? Mm -hmm. That I that I can go and make you know that anybody is welcome there. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will take white people's money all day long, <laughs> but I will hire brown <laughs> right. folks and I will invest the money in yeah. in, in, in brown places. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. but but yeah, it's, it's how can I how can I create a place where like our people feel welcome and drink mm -hmm. and, and sort of educate our folks to mm -hmm. be like. You know, next time you go to another wine bar, right. this is the questions you ask. Right. This is what you do. This is the, yeah. like, mm -hmm. learn what the palate is. Like, what you know, every human being has a different palate. So, but this is the questions you ask. Mm -hmm. And people will be like, man, I, what What do you mean, what, what's a Malbec? Right. You know? Right. All the things I, the only things I knew was like, Cabernet, Merlot, and, mm -hmm. and now you say, you know, Tempranillo, and they're like, what is that? You know, so, ed <laughs> I'm here to like teach and educate our people mm -hmm. to be like, okay, so now feel comfortable when you go to a restaurant. Yeah. Right. This is what you ask for. So, the, the prices on the wine bar are great. The station is great. Please, if, when you stop into the station, say what's up to Luis and Leona. This was great. Thank y'all so much. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. 
No Blueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. No Blueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Mayawa Aina. Hear more episodes of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at noblueprintpodcast.com.